You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the table. Uh, This morning, we again are seated at a table. We want to invite you to the table. And um, we began last week, if you weren't here, talking about revival and being a church that is revival ready. The church that Jesus is building is a church that is revival ready. And so we invited you to the table, but not because we want to preach something at you, but we want you to catch heart, to hear heart and catch a heart and run with it. And there's no, I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing better for me than, than sitting at the table, sitting with people and listening to their stories, their journeys, their God stories. And so we want to invite you into a bit of that and, and just praying that the Holy Spirit is going to ignite your hearts. Uh, we, we believe that there's some something coming that is unprecedented, that we have not yet seen before, a revival that um, is just the rumblings, the beginnings of that we're seeing. And that's why we're going after this, not because it's a trendy word, not because it's a good idea, not because people have made songs about it, but because Holy Spirit has said, there's something coming, get ready, get ready, isn't it? So we're super excited about you, about that. Um, and we want to bring you into, into the, this whole table. Like this is for all of us. This is for all of us, not just us, but all of us. So I'm not going to do heaps of talking today because I've got amazing friends up here, Paul and Monica, that are going to share with us. But um, I wanted to just um, just say a couple of things and then I'm going to ask them some questions. So I wanted to remind us that when revival comes, revival's actually Jesus stepping in and getting really real. Revival's all about Jesus. He dials it up. Is he here? Yes. Of course he's here. He said he'll never leave us. He sent Holy Spirit. He's here. And yet, he comes in a greater measure. He dials up his presence and he steps in. And there's plenty of instances in the Bible where he's done that. If you, need, if you want to and need to go back and look at that up, look it up. God is everywhere and yet he comes. And so in revival, a greater measure of love for Jesus first and foremost happens. We come alive to him. We fall in love with him like, like maybe we've never been before. Maybe some of us are in love with him, but, but there's more. He's dark, just, the, the fiery bridal passion of our hearts begin to burn like uncontrollably. And not only that, we become transformed. We get transformed. And so when we're transformed, the city gets transformed. It overflows. It spills out. It can't help but. It can't help but. And so just a quick paraphrase of the first revival, church in revival, was Acts 2. You know, when the Holy Spirit came, the church were, you'll remember there, in, and some of you may, may not know this story, but the, Jesus had gone and he said, actually, it's better that I go because I'm sending another. I'm sending another. And that word means another who's just like me, but other. I'm sending him. So wait for him. Wait for the promise of my father. See, he's the promise and he's the gift. And so they waited and they were praying and they were faithful, but not knowing what they were waiting for. And then the Holy Spirit came in such powerful measure. He came with such glory, like fire and wind. He isn't fire and wind, and we're going to learn that today. But he comes with different attributes and he came with fire and wind. And what happened was those people were so set on fire. What did they do? They didn't stay there, they couldn't help but go. They spilled out into the streets and a supernatural sound had drawn in a crowd who was waiting to hear and they preached the word with boldness and signs and wonders followed. So that's the scene. That is church in revival. Are you guys ready for that? 
Yeah? Come on, we want to see that. Um, Matt put that challenge out last week. What if, what if next time, like what if, if the doors opened today, not ne- even next week, what if the doors opened and we had a crowd waiting? What would we do? What would we do? How awesome. So let me jump to my questions. Uh, so we're going to today unpack who the Holy Spirit is and how he is so relevant and so necessary and so needed and so integral to this revival, actually to living the Christian life. We cannot do anything without Holy Spirit. And, and he's the person of the Holy Spirit. And these guys are going to unpack that. He's not a force. He's a person and he's God. He's God and he's here right now. So I'm going to start with you, Paul. Who, let's start right at the beginning, who is Holy Spirit? Wonderful, wonderful. I'm so glad we're doing this, eh? So he's a person, and uh, he is God, the Holy Spirit. And uh, when we come to the Holy Spirit, we do two things. We seek his face and his hand. Both are important. He's a person, and he's endeared with every quality and personality, such as emotion, intellect, and will. He knows He wills, he loves, he feels, he thinks, he sees, he hears, he speaks. He is a person. We never address him ever, 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 ever as it, ever. He's not some spray or something in the air. He is a person. We address him as a real person. He is the Lord God, the Holy Spirit. A couple of quick things. Revelation 2.7. He speaks for those who've got ears to hear. Let them hear what the Spirit says. In uh, Romans 8, 26, it says, But the Spirit himself intercedes. The Holy Spirit intercedes. He testifies in John 15, 26. He will testify about me. He speaks. He testifies about the King that we worship, King Jesus. He leads. In uh, Acts 8, 29, the Spirit told Philip, Go to that place. He leads Romans 8, 14. Because those who are led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads us. Are you led by the Holy Spirit this morning? It's a challenge. He commands in Acts 16, 6, but the Spirit of Jesus will not allow them to go. He commands you. When we make the Holy Spirit the Lord of our life, He commands everything from us. He guides in John 16, 13, He will guide you in all truth. In this season of the Holy Spirit, this season of revival, I want to encourage us, let the Holy Spirit sit on the throne. Let the Holy Spirit take the will. We say, Jesus, take the will. Don't make that just a song. Make it a, re- a reality. He appoints. Do you know that the Holy Spirit in Acts 5 can be lied to. It says when in this story, when Peter said to Ananias and Sapphira, you have, led, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. You have lied to the Holy Spirit. This is not a time to lie to the Holy Spirit. He knows everything, but I want to ask us, stay squeaky clean. Let nothing be in the heart. He can be lied to. He can be insulted. He can be grieved. It says in Ephesians 4.30, but don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve Him. You grieve Him when we sin. We grieve Him when we lie. We grieve Him when you say, you can do so far, but no more than that. We grieve Him. I've got a lot more. Wow. Anything to add, Monica? Yeah, I've just been struck recently by, um, in Luke 24, Jesus says, 
he will send the promise. He said, wait until you receive the promise of the Father. And I haven't thought too much about that before recently. I love that the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. And it got me thinking, no wonder he says, don't blaspheme or lie to him or or resist him. Because it's like saying to the Father, I don't want, Father, what you promise. And because he's the promise of the Father, our Father's a good, good Father. So we don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit because our good Father promises the Holy Spirit. He's the promise of the Father. I love that so much. Wow, he's the promise, he's the gift. And so we want all that the Father has for us. And Holy Spirit, who is God, part of the Godhead, carries all of who God is, is, is here with us right now. This is a little bit not on, the, on our, <laughs> as I do, questions, but this is not a hard one. But what was, um, either of you can speak to this, your, your first encounter with Holy Spirit, was it always something that you, where you were brought up with normal language or was there a moment where you, you had a revelation and he came and he met you? You go. Uh, I was brought up in a very um, traditional church and tongues was of the devil. So that's how I was brought up. <laughs> um, then we were in a church um, together and one of the connect groups started moving in the spirit and one night, there was a call for prayer for boldness, because I was very, very timid, wow. very <laughs> timid. Um, there was a call for boldness, so I responded to that, because I wanted to be able to share my faith, which I couldn't, and that's when I received the gift of tongues and was baptised in the Holy Spirit, which I really liked, because I thought, because I'm a bit of a pragmatist, so it's like, oh, it's got a purpose, it's so I can be bold, that's why I need the Holy Spirit. We share in common, I came out from a very strict uh, brethren church and tongues were also from the devil when we grew up with that. And uh, I got baptised in the Holy Spirit on Sydney Harbour Bridge. Uh, I had just taken this beautiful girl out for a date a couple of months before we got married. And I opened my mouth to worship God. And remember, I came from a brethren background and I got slain in the Holy Spirit and baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I got the gift of tongues on the very middle of the Harbour Bridge. There's a seat I fell to my need, I got baptised in the Holy Spirit, and the rest is history. Wow, what an introduction to the person of Holy Spirit. We can't control him, we can't contain him. He comes and he meets us and he encounters us, and we're never the same again. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Anything else on that? What about you, Gabby? <laughs> oh, me. Yeah, um, I, I... How do I shorten that? Um, I had parents, when my parents got saved, they were radically saved, and I watched them uh, radically encountered by the Holy Spirit in a time where they came out of a traditional background as well, in Catholicism, and um, knew nothing about the power of the Holy Spirit, but ended up getting so encountered because it was a massive move of God that, that the Holy Spirit's so wonderful. He came and he, he um, surprised everybody by showing up in power in the traditional churches, in the Catholic church. There was a massive movement. The charismatic movement happened. This was in the 80s and I was just a kid. And I watched my parents just thinking, wow. So it, it was something I saw, but when I got saved later, 
I was desperate. I actually became desperate for, for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I knew there had to be more. Yes, he'd met me in a measure, and yes, by faith, he drew me to the Father and into salvation, but I knew there was more. And so I began this journey of hunger, and one day the Holy Spirit answered that cry. I tell you what, my mum thought I'd broke my back. The power of God hit me so hard. Um, I, I flipped literally over the back of chairs, went under the chairs, laughed and cried, and he did such a work in me that broke off so much in me and encountered me so radically that again I've never been the same again never been the same again very good he's amazing he's beautiful (laughs) Paul can you speak to us um, just about the difference about we read in the Bible about being filled with the spirit um, but also being baptized in the spirit and fire like are there differences between the infilling the baptism of fire like or ongoing baptisms like how does that all work sure Huge topic. Can I, I want to encourage you in your discipleship groups to explore it there, please. This is a huge topic. Just in brief, I believe biblically there are two baptisms in the Holy Spirit and then ongoing refreshings. It's like we have a shower every day. I pray that all of you would have a shower every day. There is the baptism. So the two baptisms are the two baptisms of two Sundays, Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday. John 20 Uh, Jesus uh, rises from the dead. He meets everybody. And then it says this, and he breathed upon them. There was a proximity in that. And he breathed the Holy Spirit to mark the first baptism of the Holy Spirit from the old covenant into a resurrection power covenant. So resurrection uh, is the first baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, And then he says this in in Luke 24, and then at the beginning, uh, it says, but wait and you will be endowed from on high. So there's a baptism of water, which we go under. The word baptism means to immerse. And so there's a baptism of water we go under, but the baptisms of the Holy Spirit are also immersion. But instead of we going under, we get Uh, drenched from on high. It's like going into a swimming pool versus sitting under Niagara Falls. You're still getting drenched under Niagara Falls, but it's from the top down. So there's the baptism of the new covenant in John 20. There's the baptism of the infilling and the power of the Holy Spirit for ministry in Acts chapter 2. And then I believe there's ongoing every day we need the Holy Spirit. So there's those Baptism of water, two baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Don't get, don't get caught up with that, please. Otherwise, you're losing everything. Just get baptized in water and then get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Don't get, don't get caught up with all that. But every day, we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So I was just thinking as you're speaking, like it's like me grabbing my water bottle and just taking that drink. Yep. I mean, we get to come into presence and drink of his presence. That's the Holy Spirit. He says, I want to pour myself out. But sometimes we have to say, yes, here I am. Like Paul said, open your mouth and drink. And he pours. He says, come. You know, Jesus said, come to me if you're thirsty. The Holy Spirit says, come and I'll fill you. I'll refresh you. We need it. Just in the natural, we need to replenish so too in the spiritual, we need to replenish. And we cannot drink with our mouths closed, can we? Can we do it? Do it. Do it? He wants to do okay. this to show you. Sorry, cleaners. So you can't do this, It's water. Eh? <laughs> it's impossible. And in John 7, it says this. Come to me, all ye who are thirsty, and drink. And then out of here, rivers of living water. You open your mouth. You drink, and then out of here, tongues, the supernatural, 
comes when you drink with your mouth open. It doesn't spill to the ground. It has fruit. Sorry, cleaners. So good. What an analogy. Drink. That's our encouragement. Get with Jesus and then invite Holy Spirit and drink of his presence. Drink daily. Drink daily. He's got more than enough. Wow. Um, I love this saying that someone said is, the Holy Spirit is in me for my sake, but he's on me for the sake of others. And, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. And so when he comes, and and Paul was talking about like coming and empowering, coming upon, like he did in Acts, and he ongoingly did, it says he clothes us with power from on high. There's a purpose in that. There's a reason for that. It's for the sake of others. We've got to get out there. We can't do it without him. We need to be clothed, filled within, empowered, and clothed with power from on high. Come on, Holy Spirit. These fiery robes, these fiery clothes that he wants to dress us in. How amazing. How awesome is that? Okay, Monica, let's go to you then. What does it look like to live full of the Spirit and be led by the Spirit then? How? How do we do this? Looks like a whole lot. <laughs> um, this, actually, this morning when I woke up, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me that when we're, when we're baptised in water, we come out dripping wet. Yep. So when we're baptised in the Spirit, we come out dripping, come on. dripping yeah, wet so with the Spirit. So wherever we go, we're overflowing and... Overflowing with the Holy Spirit wherever we go, bringing yes. the Holy Spirit into every place that we that we go. Wow, wow! It looks like um, Jesus being glorified. So in John seven, when it talks about Jesus, when Jesus says, "If anyone thirsts, um, he who believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water." Then it says, "But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive." For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus had to be glorified first and then the Spirit was given. Amazing. So that's a principle, like an ongoing principle. When we, we need to Very glorify good. Jesus and the Spirit can be given as Jesus is glorified. Looks like first, we just saw that, <laughs> opening our mouth. Looks like believing. Jesus said, he, he who believes out of his heart will flow Rivers, 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 <laughs> rivers of living water. Um, so we actually have to believe and yeah. that we want Very to receive good. the Holy Spirit. It looks like receiving. Uh, Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Spirit comes. And that Greek word to receive is lumbano. It means to lay hold aggressively or actively, accepting what is available or offered. To accept with initiative and volition and assertiveness of the receiver. So it's not like, oh, if God wants to give me the Holy Spirit, that's fine. It's like Mm. actively laying hold and receiving into our spirit, into our heart, actively receiving. Very good. Um, Claudio, an Argentinian revivalist, says that... Mm. Fredson. Fredson. Claudio Fredson. Yeah, yeah. He says we... He, he said it really clearly, um, our part and his part. So we seek and hunger and thirst after his presence and we receive his power. So we don't Very seek good. his power and receive his presence. We seek, hunger, thirst after his presence and receive his power. It looks like waiting, waiting on him. I can't do anything without him. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> None of us can and Jesus, Jesus even needed the Holy Spirit. And he said to his disciples, don't do anything 
until you receive the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of a little bit arrogant if we think we might be able to do something <laughs> without the Holy Spirit. Well, it looks like the Word and the Spirit coming together. Um, Smith Wigglesworth and R.T. Kendall, one theologian and one revivalist, said that when the Word and the Spirit, the Word, which is the sword of the Spirit, come together, revival comes. Emphasis on both, not a balance, all Word, all Spirit come together, revival comes. Amazing. And it looks like being drunk. <laughs> That's yeah. what they thought in Acts 2. Yeah. So what do drunk people look like? Some of them look happy, the joy of the Lord. Some are laid out on the floor. <laughs> yeah, very good. That's it. <laughs> Some are uninhibited by what people think. Fear comes off. Yes. Some can't walk Weight under yep. the weight of his glory. Uh, so it looks like driving our lives under the influence of the Spirit. I love so it. <laughs> when someone's driving under the influence, so they're under control, the control of alcohol. So we should be driving our lives under the control of the Holy Spirit. Oh, amen. So good. <laughs> and it so looks good. like the wind. And we saw wind this week. We didn't know where the wind was coming from, where it was going. Anything that wasn't attached to the, the source was blown away. And for our, I think for us, we don't like the unknown but it says that the Holy Spirit, we don't know where he's coming from or where he's going. So to walk and be led by the Holy Spirit, there is unknown, um, and we have to trust him in that. So good. How good is that? Amen. Wow. Um, Paul, anything to add to that? No. It's <laughs> very <laughs> good. Oh, it's given such a good picture and such a, a great understanding. He's just wonderful. The Holy Spirit, he's God. He's beautiful and he's so worth it and he's so worthy. Yeah. Paul, yes. uh, just in line with that. Oh, well, actually, did you guys, either of you have any um, other stories, like a quick story that goes with that? Because um, I said we've come to the table, we want to hear, yes, the word, and we want to hear just some great foundations in this, but also some real life stories. Yeah. This is real. It's not just book stuff. This is yeah. real. How does so, that look? Um, we, we were married and in a great Baptist church and we saw an incredible move of God in our Baptist church. And our Sunday nights from six of us, there was about 120 people and we saw the laughing revival uh, before it actually happened. And then things happened uh, and people got in the way. And so we moved to another church and we left all of our friends. And the Sunday that we arrived there, uh, we moved into another Baptist church and an incredible move of God called the Toronto Blessing exploded in our church in 1994. And the result of that was uh, there was uh, 14, at that time, 14 people, seven couples on eldership with Greg Beach. And for a year, they said, God, we're dry. There must be more. And he said in front of the church, unless you come, I'm going to quit after 32 years of being a, ba a Baptist minister. And so the Sunday we arrived with Samuel and Josiah, um, no, they weren't born yet, sorry, correct that. They were born in that church, but, uh, but uh, the Sunday we arrived, I still remember I was, we were sitting on the left-hand side in wooden pews. Um, you know, the, the Holy Spirit came in power, and we got catapulted out of the chair. Nobody laid hands on us, out of the chair, and about two rows backwards over wooden chairs, where we just got smashed around. And I think Monica was on the floor for three and a half hours. Uh, we had pain. We had lost all of our, not lost our friends, a lot of friends turned their backs on us because they couldn't understand that we were going for the Holy Spirit, but Jesus showed him power. And then we witnessed six years of revival in that church. 
And, uh, and then our sons were born into that. Our sons were born into revival. And, uh, but it came out of just a, a leadership being hungry after God. Uh, for me, uh, it, it happened to me before I could analyse it. Because <laughs> I'm a bit of... I think if I would have seen it, I might have been one of those people that think, is that God? But I, I was actually... We, we went up because he, he, the call was, if you're dry, come up. So we went up. And Greg Beach just pointed at me and said, you're chosen and cherished. And I just went, well, yeah. So you didn't have time to think it. about it, process it, person. question yeah. it. <laughs> so God was good in that regard. And the, the story I had was um, when we were praying about whether to plant church. Um, yeah. All the words were coming together to go and plant. And then one prophetic voice came in and cast some doubt on it. So then we pressed in. Just, this is an example too for being led by the Spirit. We pressed in and we said, God, we, we're not going to do this unless it's you. It has to be you. Yep. So we pressed in, pressed in, fasted, prayed. And then th- this has only happened to me once. I had this full-on vision and I was flung to the ground by, <laughs> by the Holy Spirit. And one of the, a vision that I actually felt I was there in it. it hasn't happened again but there was so much riding on it like for this church to be established and I said to God I'm not, I don't want to do it unless I know 100% because I know it won't always be easy yeah. so then I could he gave me yes. that so I could stand on that yeah wow isn't so that press beautiful? in press, press in. in it's so worth it he's still talking today he still wants to lead us today as many as are led by the spirit of God these are the sons of God the scripture actually goes on to say that's a mark of us being sons and daughters is we're led by the Holy Spirit he is beautiful you know long before I even um, knew him I know now looking back, but he was with me. I was someone who, who, who was, had a whole heap of issues and a whole heap of pain and trauma and a whole heap of rejection, even from a young age. And I was absolutely terrified of most things and most people. And even as a young child, I remember a voice and a person that would come and sit with me and comfort me or counsel me. It was like having a counselor who would speak to me. And it was only after coming to Jesus and realizing I recognize who this is. It was like, oh, that was you, Holy Spirit. All along, that was you. Like, he's just so beautiful. He can go where we don't go. Nowhere is off limits for him. He gets into the darkest of places. We're afraid sometimes, or we judge certain people, people groups, cities, um, places, and yet Holy Spirit is in there. Why? He's bringing light. He's drawing people saying, Jesus is the reason that you you need to come to me. Jesus is the answer. Jesus has hope for you. Jesus, turn to Jesus, turn to Jesus. And he's, he's in those places already. And sometimes what we need to do is just partner with and say, Holy Spirit, how do I pray? Or Take me where, you're, where you are. Um, he's, he's at work right now. He's just so... So stunning, so stunning. Uh, One of my quick stories too of being um, led just even recently was when we went to the Philippines. Just before then, um, I just was praying one morning and just worshipping and I fell asleep for like a micro sleep. Like this has never happened. I fell into a, like felt like a deep sleep but it was literally three to five minutes long. And in that 
sleep time, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw a table of all these people chatting, smiling. And I walked up to the table and a lady turned to me and smiled. And I knew in the dream she's Filipino. Up until this point, I'd never even considered going to the Philippines. I love nations, but I've never thought of the Philippines ever. It's not a nation on my heart. It wasn't some, I just didn't. And I looked at her in this dream and and she smiled and I knew she's Filipino. And she held her hand out to me and she said, come, would you come? I took her hand smiled and said yes as I took her hand I woke up and I knew instantly like Holy Spirit was saying come and it's amazing the doors even to this day that he's opening and connecting in the Philippines in Manila so so it's amazing he's real he's here he wants to communicate he wants to um, he wants you to encounter him and his love and his presence he wants to take you where you haven't been before he wants to break off fear he wants to break off doubt he wants to show you that when you love him it's not a competition it's not like Oh, but shouldn't I love Jesus more? You know, you can love Holy Spirit and he'll reveal Jesus and the Father to you. When you love the Father and Jesus, the Holy Spirit is glorified and he comes. They're all interconnected. They're all God. They all honor one another and they empower. Holy Spirit empowers us to do what we're called to do, to live on mission. We cannot do this walk without him. He's the one that meets people on the streets. He's just absolutely beautiful. Paul, we've got a couple of minutes left. Um, I know we've covered some of this, but fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. It's a, it, you know, the Bible talks about yeah. fellowshipping Second, with him. Second Corinthians yeah. says that we would have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. In one word, he has the preeminence. That's it. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit is that he's preeminent in my thoughts, is preeminent in my money, he's preeminent in all that I to fellowship, is that he has the first and the final say. That's it. To fellowship with him is such an intimacy that you walk with him, that you sense his heart, that you have the heart of God, that you move in proximity, and that every day you wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit, what do you want for me today? That's fellowship. That's fellowship. Anything to add, Monica? I like to ask him questions all the time. So just ask him. So he's like a whisper distance away. It's like Beautiful. Walking through the day, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do here? Or a decision. What do you think? Yeah. Just asking him questions and he'll come and answer. I had one more word. Absolutely. That's the word obedience. Very Even good. when I don't feel him, it's nothing to do with emotions. Nothing to do with emotional response to the Holy Spirit. It's called obedience. I fellowship with him because he gave me everything. And so I give him everything. Obedience is the key thing, not how I feel emotionally about it or what, what tingling I'm feeling. I fellowship because he's worthy of it all. He's so worthy. He's so beautiful. I think we're going to um, finish there. I want to thank you guys, but we're going to make room, not finish as in finish, but we want to make room for Holy Spirit. How can we talk about the Holy Spirit and not make room for his presence? Yes, he's here, but we want to make room for him to come and encounter us, to fill us. For some of you, 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 you haven't been filled before or baptized by the Holy Spirit with the Spirit and fire. This morning, he wants to do that. For others, You've never had a prayer language. Uh, Your salvation doesn't depend on it, but it is a gift. Why not take the gifts that he has? The gift of praying in in the spirit is amazing. It's wonderful. It encourages and builds up our personal bodies and the body 
it's incredible communion with him. It's like a power weapon. He wants to give some of you that, that gift today. And for others, he just, you're dry, you're dry. And he wants to come and just pour in, just pour in his presence. So um, yeah, I actually feel Paul, can I uh, get you to, yeah, I want us to stand and can Amen. you lead Let's us stand in together. this? So just stand up. Stand. Let's stand and just posture ourselves. I've got a friend in Kelowna in Canada and uh, so many churches right now are preaching and speaking about the Holy Spirit and, uh, and they simply said, come Holy Spirit and the, the windows, the glass broke two days ago and wind came in. And so he loves it when we just say come. He loves it. We, we put mental blocks. So the first thing I want to pray right now about receiving the Holy Spirit is mental blocks. Remember, it's about obedience, not how you're going to tingle and feel and shake and rock and roll. Some of you will right now. Some of you may fall to the floor. Some of you will receive the gift of tongues. Remember, you've got to open your mouth to receive it. But I just want to start with this. Would you lay down any preconceived cultural things? Religious things, theological thing, yeah. disappointment, whatever it is, would you not put that in the way right now for allowing precious Holy Spirit to have the preeminence in your life? So in Jesus' name, we repent of anything we put in the way for you right now to come in power. Be it cultural, be it theological experiences, maybe Lord, the, the church that I grew up, maybe the family I grew up, like Monty and I grew up in very conservative churches. May you have a uh, Holy Ghost moment right now. And now I want to invite you to open your mouth. And by that I actually mean physically open your mouth. You can't drink with your mouth closed. Don't worry about the people on the left or right. You may think you're looking undignified. But God used an undignified man called David, King David, to bring revival into Israel and Judah. Open your mouth. I feel this is a symbolic declaration of opening your mouth and saying, Lord, I will be even more undignified. But I will let your spirit come in. Now open your mouth and let him pour out living water. Now, in the name of Jesus, living water. In the Living water, let him fill you now. Just would you pray this with me? John 7. Lord, I am thirsty. Baptize me now with your Holy Spirit that living water would gush out of my belly as a demonstration of the power of the living God inside of me. Now be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled now with the Holy Spirit. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and start declaring. Open your mouth. Don't use English for a minute. I want to encourage you for one minute. Don't use your native tongue. English, Afrikaans, whatever it is, Asian. Don't use it. Don't use it. Just open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and let divine language come from your belly. Living waters. Let it come out of you right now. Some of you are receiving it. Just open up. Open up. Just let it come. Let the, whatever words that the Holy Spirit, He wants to bring you. And Jesus is the baptizer. Now let it come. Let it come. Open your mouth. Can we raise our voices right now? Unto the Lord. We thank You for what You're doing. 
We thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you receive everything? Receive everything that the Holy Spirit wants to give you this morning. Holy Spirit, we actively, we lay hold of, we, by our volition and our will, we choose to receive. We receive your living waters. We receive to be clothed on high with your power, Holy Spirit. We receive. We receive your love into our hearts. We receive your power. We receive everything that you want to do. Thank you, Lord. Lead us into all truth, Lord. Show us the state of our heart, Lord. Show us the state of our heart, the truth of our heart. What needs to change? Show us so that we can receive all that you have for us, so that we can then give you glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.